Mark chapter 1. And as we came to the end of a very busy day in the life of Jesus, um, in verse 38 it says, And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. So Jesus was compelled to stay in Capernaum where he was and minister there. But Jesus said, I need to go to other towns and that I may preach there. And notice the last few words of verse 38. For therefore came I forth. That's why I'm here. Healing was a part of what he did. Casting out devils was a part of what he did. But the primary reason he came was to preach. That's why I came. Then verse 39, let's read beginning there. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and saith unto him, Jesus is speaking, to this man, just cleansed, just healed of his leprosy. See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. So we're going to look at this testimony about this leper that was cleansed, this leper that was healed, and really focus on a phrase in the last part of the 40th verse where it says this, Thou canst make me clean. That was the testimony of this leprous man. Thou canst make me clean. Our Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We pray that you'd bless as we study it together. God, would you use your word, Lord, to open our eyes? Would you move in our hearts? Lord, would you help us to see your power, Lord, to cleanse that which no other power has the ability to do. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. (coughs) So the main focus of our text today, there's some other things we'll talk about, but the primary focus of our text was when Jesus was approached by this leper. Now, if you're here in the last week or two, we focused on many of the types of diseases, the variety of diseases that Jesus was dealing with. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 32, if you look there, it says that, And even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And in verse 33, it says, And he healed many that were sick of divers diseases. 
and cast out many devils. So Jesus dealt with all these different kinds of physical infirmities. We know that from reading the Gospels. But here we have a man with leprosy. And this man came to Jesus. Now in our country, we don't think too much about or know too much about leprosy, but it still exists in the world. I read an article recently that said that there are more than 200,000 new cases of leprosy recorded each year globally. That there are 3 million people on the planet today who have irreversible disabilities, including blindness, caused by leprosy. And so it was a very common thing in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the first century Israel, and it exists in some places in the world today. Because we're not really familiar with it, let me just take a moment and kind of talk a little bit about what it's like to have leprosy. It was indeed perhaps the most dreaded disease a person could have in the days of the Bible. It had the ability to disfigure a person. It was a disease that once it, once it was a part of your life, it didn't just stay a small part of your life. It spread throughout your body. Usually, it would begin with a small spot or a speck on a person's skin and eventually spread over their entire body. The Gospel of Luke talks about this event here in Mark chapter 1. And Luke the great physician, not the great physician, but Luke the physician says this man was, and this is a quote, full of leprosy. He didn't just have a spot. He didn't just have a place that was leprous. He was full of leprosy. We don't know what this person looked like. But in the final stages of leprosy, it is so it is so horrible, so disfiguring that a person's flesh can literally be dropping off of their body. Limbs of their body can come off. Their nose, their ears, their eyeballs come out of their body. It's a horrible, horrible disease. Again, Luke said this man was full of leprosy. The, the leprous person would try to diagnose it to see if it was leprosy. As a matter of fact, there are two chapters of the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus that are devoted entirely to leprosy. 116 verses to that one subject and how to detect it, how to remove it from a person's home. All this is spelled out in the Bible. How to dispose of articles of clothing belonging to the leper. And so it's a horrible, horrible disease. It would eat through the person's skin into the tissues of their bones, their joints, eventually attacking the organs of the body, their lungs, their eyes, their speech, their hearing, and it was a horrible disease. The surface sores had the appearance that if they had the appearance of leprosy then they would be carefully observed i was I, I can't study about this and think about it 
that I don't think about a lot of us sometimes. You know, the older you get, especially if you're older, 50, 60, you'll notice a little spot. You'll wonder about it. I didn't see that the other day. We watch it carefully. I remember one time going to see a doctor, and I had a, I had a spot, and it just wouldn't go away months. It would just be irritated and aggravating, and I didn't think it was leprosy, but I didn't know what it was. And I showed it to the doctor, and he said, oh, nothing to that. And he took this instrument, and he froze froze it off and it's been gone ever since and but you know this, a, a person who thought they might have leprosy this was a serious thing and they would go to the priest and the priest would examine it and tell him to come back in a couple of weeks and to determine how serious it was there's a phrase in Leviticus that's used six times in one chapter and this is the phrase deeper than the skin if they determine that this sore was deeper than the skin, then they would say that this person was unclean, that they need, that they had leprosy. There's another phrase that's used four times in that same passage, and it's called raw flesh. And that's what, that's when it's progressing to the point that flesh is being exposed from the inside out. And this is, this is what leprosy was about. And if a person had leprosy, then they would be like quarantined. They would be isolated. And if you read about it, it will tell you that they were, a leper was never able to come into a walled city. They could be in the open air, but they would often be ostracized, even today. They're leper colonies where the people who live in those colonies are lepers. They weren't able to enter in and mingle with other people. And that's, that's what leprosy was about. A second thing about leprosy, it was often seen as punishment from the Lord. Other uh, places in the Bible, I'll refresh your memory about a couple of them. Miriam, who was the brother of Aaron and Moses, Miriam was struck with leprosy when she and Aaron opposed Moses. And God struck her immediately with leprosy because of her rebellion. And then King Uzziah is one of my favorite kings, the king of Judah in the Old Testament. The Bible says this about Uzziah, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. But then it says that another time that his heart was lifted up. And his heart was lifted up. He became prideful. And when this great king, this great spiritually minded king became prideful, the Bible says that God smote him with leprosy. And he was confined to a place of isolation until his death. And so sometimes leprosy is associated with sin and with rebellion and punishment from the Lord. You might remember a time when there was a leper whose name was Naaman. And Naaman was a military leader in Syria. And Naaman had leprosy. And this handmaiden said to Naaman, There's a man, I know a man. If you could get to this man, talking about Elisha the prophet, if you could get to this man, this man could help you. And sure enough, Naaman went to see Elisha and He dipped himself seven times, we know, in the Jordan River. And he was miraculously healed. The last time he came up out of the water, his leprosy was gone. God can do that sort of thing, you know. His leprosy was gone. And Naaman, having been healed of leprosy, he offered to Elisha, the prophet, 
let me give you something. I want to give you something in return. I want to pay you for what you've done for me. And Elisha refused to receive his gifts. And so Naaman left to go back home. But Elisha had a servant whose name was Gehazi. And Gehazi saw that Elisha refused to take the gift. And he went after Naaman. And he lied to Naaman. And concocted this story to get the gifts that Elisha refused to receive. And so he got the gifts, and before he got home to Elisha, God had already told Elisha what he had done. And Elisha said to to Gehazi, what did you do? And then he lied to Elisha. And immediately, Gehazi was smitten with leprosy. And the Bible says when he walked away from Elisha, his skin was as white as snow. Leprosy is a horrible disease. And leprosy is a type of sin. It's a type of sin. It's a figure of sin. It's an illustration of sin. As a type of sin, leprosy starts small, and yet it always spreads. That's the way sin is. Sin starts small. But it doesn't stay small. It has a tendency to spread. As a type of sin, leprosy brings shame. It brings shame to the person that has it. And that's what sin does. Sin promises a person fun and promotion. But sin always brings shame. As a type of sin, leprosy is defiling. It's corrupting. It's unclean. That's the way sin is. It defiles and it corrupts. As a type of sin, leprosy can rob us of relationships with family or friends. The leper was sometimes isolated from his own family. He was ostracized from his own friends. And that's the way sin does. Sin destroys people's relationships. It hinders people's families. As a type of sin, leprosy is incurable. Except by God's power. There's only one way to cure leprosy. God has to do it. And by the way, there's only one cure for man's spiritual problems. And it has to come from God. So here we have this story in Mark chapter 1 of how Jesus healed this leper. I want you to look with me in the text, if you would, this morning in verse 40. And notice how this plagued man came to Jesus. It says in verse 40, and there came a leper to him. Now let's not like overlook the importance of that statement. He came to Jesus. That means he had some initiative about him. He had some interest about him. And what was it that motivated him? What was it that motivated this leprous man? I want to suggest that it was his desperation. His desperation concerning his condition. And it would not be an easy thing to do. Jesus was surrounded with people. There were often multitudes of people around Jesus. And this man was by law isolated from public places, could not go around other people. So in order for him to get to Jesus, he had to push through some social barriers. He had to push through his, his some areas that really he was forbidden to do, but he had to get there. He had an interest. He had initiative. I want to I just insert this before I go to the next observation. 
Here's one of the primary reasons people don't come to Jesus is they're not desperate enough. They're okay with the way their world is. They don't really need any interference in the way they're living. And so they don't, you don't find them coming to Jesus because they don't really feel like they need Jesus. But this man knew he needed Jesus. The second thing we see is not only his interest, but his posture. The way he came was an exercise in humility. Look in verse 40, it says, There came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him. Kneeling down to him. The leper's posture says something to me. If I was standing afar off, if I could not hear his words, if all I could see was the figure of the man coming to Jesus, soon I would know something about him. Because I could see that he was kneeling down before Jesus. It was a position of humility. He, it was a position of recognizing his own um, inferiority to Jesus. But his exalted view of who Jesus was. His posture speaks of humility. The third thing we see is not only his interest and his posture... But we see the plea. Look in verse 40 if you would. There came a leper to him. The word in the King James Bible, the great word, is beseeching him. It wasn't a casual request. It wasn't just a request in passing. It was a cry from a man who desperately needed help. He was beseeching him. The word that we would use in our common uh, vocabulary would be begging He was begging Jesus. You know, when's the last time you heard someone pray and to listen to their prayer, you could tell that they were desperately needing something from God and they were beseeching or begging God, please, please God, I need you to do this for me. It was a sincere plea. It was an earnest plea. It was a determined plea. So we're noticing how he came. To Jesus, he came with interest, he came with humility, he came with, with earnest need. The last thing I want to mention about him, look in verse 40, it says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, here's the phrase I emphasized earlier, Thou canst make me clean. He came in faith. He knew that Jesus could heal him. Nothing else could help him. Nothing else on the planet. There were no other cures. They couldn't go to a specialist. They couldn't change their diet. There was no medication they could give them. There was no other cure. But this man said emphatically in verse 40, Thou canst make me clean. You can do this. You can cleanse me of this leprosy. Nothing else could but Jesus could. And I want to say to you today that there's some things that no one else can do, but Jesus can do. Jesus can do. But he questioned not only his ability but he questioned his desire. Look, if it was a question, sort of. If thou wilt, 
thou canst make me clean. I know you can. What I don't know is if you will. If you want, if you're willing to. By the way, that's a question that a lot of people have. Why would Jesus help me? I know Jesus can do it, but why would he do it for me? Would he help me? Would he help me with my struggles? Would he help me with my addiction? Would he help me with my repercussions and problems from the decisions I made? Would he want to? He's helped so many other people, but would he want to help me? And I want to suggest to you today that Jesus is not only able, but he's also willing That's how he came to Jesus. Now let's look at the response of Jesus in verse 41. And Jesus moved with compassion. The first thing we see is how Jesus felt about this. The word moved with compassion is a descriptive word. It's not just to have pity. It's not just to have concern. It means to have enough of a a passionate concern that it moves you to do something. That's the way Jesus is. Jesus is moved with compassion. He cared about this person. He saw this person. He was moved by his story. He he cared deeply for him. He cared. And by the way, and it may not need to be said, but I just want to say it again. He cares about you today. I don't care where you come from or who you are or how religious you are. Jesus cares about you. You say, well, how do you know he cares? Because Jesus cares about everybody. He's that kind of a savior. He's that kind of a God. He cares. So it says he was moved with compassion. And then notice what it says in verse 41. He put forth his hand and touched him. A reminder that it was forbidden to touch a leper. No one would touch a leper. But Jesus touched him. If you know, no, I, I think I think we'd all agree if we lived in that culture, we're walking down the sidewalk, we had our children with us, and there was a leper, we would probably go to the other side of the street. We certainly wouldn't want our children to touch him. He wouldn't want him to touch our children, but Jesus reached out and touched them. And I'll tell you, that touch of Jesus makes a difference. It says in verse 41, Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him. And this is what Jesus said. And saith unto him, I will. Remember what the leper said, if thou wilt. If you want to. If you're willing to. If you, if you would, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be thou clean. Not only do I, am I able, but I want to. Be thou clean clean. Verse 42 says, and as soon as he had spoken, as soon as the words came out of Jesus's mouth, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. He was healing leprosy was not a problem for Jesus. There's a place in the Bible further than the gospel of Mark. We'll get to it when we get Go through the gospel of Mark, Lord willing. Where Jesus is in the house of a man named Simon. And it says this about Jesus being there. He was in the house of Simon the leper. Now, I know something about, you know something that makes that phrase very interesting. If you were in a house with a leper, it's because he was no longer a leper. 
because lepers didn't live in houses. Lepers had to live out in the open. You know why he was, Jesus was in his house? Because he had already been healed. Leprosy, hear me today, leprosy is not a problem for Jesus. And you would probably, I think everyone in this room would give mental assent to that. Well, I know that. But why do we think then that our struggles are too big a problem for Jesus? Why do we think that our mental battles that we face and our thought life, why do we think our addictions are too much for Jesus? Because I'm telling you, Jesus can do anything. Jesus can help anyone. Immediately, the Bible says, the leprosy left him. Now quickly, it says in verse 43 that Jesus gave this man some instructions. And this is the first thing he said to him was, in verse 43, charged him and sent him away, but said to him, verse 44, see thou say nothing to any man. Don't tell anybody what has happened to you. But go thy way, show thyself to the priest. Go immediately, show yourself to the priest. Now again, that's a part of Old Testament law. Jesus didn't abandon this. This is what the law required a leper to do. Because only the priest could declare declare a person clean. And this man didn't just need to be his his, uh, disease to be healed. He needed to be recognized as being clean as a leper that he might be introduced back into the community, that he might be able to be around families and friends. And Jesus said, I want you to go immediately and show yourself to the priest, offer the cleansing for thy cleansing, in verse 44, Think those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Let them see the priest can declare you to be clean. And by the way, I think it was important for this man. Now, he didn't do what Jesus told him to do. He was so excited about what happened, he went and just told everybody that he could. But, but it was important that he do this because it would document this cleansing. The, the, the priest would be able to recognize that this is a verifiable um, cleansing, that he has been healed. And by the way, any, anything that Jesus does should be verifiable. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how a lot of people... Uh, in some of these healing crusades claim these miraculous healings and stuff, but, but very rarely can any of them be actually verified. When Jesus does something, it can be verified. And by the way, that's not just talking about physical healing. That's talking about spiritual life. When Jesus changes a person's life, it will be verifiable that something has happened. So Jesus said, don't immediately go tell others, but he, 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 he just continued to tell. He couldn't keep it within himself, he thought. And in verse 45 it says, Because of this, Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, into that city, because the crowds, because the fame, but was without in desert places. Jesus then began to minister primarily in rural, remote areas. And it says they came to him in verse 45. Again, this is very early in his ministry. They came to him from every quarter, from every direction. What a great story. I, I love reading about these healings. I love reading about how Jesus changes life. But I must tell you, as excited as I get about this leper and what happened to him, I get more excited to know what Jesus could do in the lives of people today. Look at that phrase again at the end of verse 40. Thou canst make me clean. 
you can fix what's wrong with me. And as we begin to wrap this up this morning, I just want to remind us all that only Jesus, only Jesus can cleanse the sin problem that all of us have. See, our sin, like the leper's disease, is much deeper than the surface. Leprosy doesn't just stay on the surface. A lot of times people treat their sin like it's, well, it's just a little thing, and, but, but that's really not the truth. Sin, just like leprosy, if it shows up on your hand, that's probably not the only place it is. And our sin doesn't come from, from the surface of our hand or a spot in our character, some flaw. Our sin comes from deep within us. Our sin comes from our heart. We sin because as lost people, we are sinners at heart. Stubbornness comes from deep within us. Selfishness comes from within us. Pride and lust and envy and lying are all indications of why we need a spiritual transformation. I don't think a person who is a chronic liar, and I've known a few of them in my life, who are habitual chronic liars, just taking a course on how to be more honest won't fix the problem. The problem has to be fixed deep within a person's heart. When a person is addicted to pornography, when a person is addicted to lust, when a person, when a person is full of pride and selfishness, you can't, you can't fix selfishness with just behavior modification. You need a change in your heart. You need a change deep within you. We don't, and, 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 and sometimes people have this idea, well, I just need forgiveness for my lying. No, you need more than forgiveness. You need to be cured of lying. And that happens inside a person's heart. Sin is not our friend. You know, I spent a lot of time this week just thinking about how sin can mask itself. It masquerades as a little minor, it's a little minor problem. It's not really a big deal. But I'm telling you, sin is not our friend. It wants to control us. It wants to destroy us. It wants to condemn us. That's what sin does. A lot of times people think, well, I'm going to, kind of like the prodigal, I'm, I want to go over to the, to the other side and I want to have some fun over there and I'm gonna, I want to play the world's games and it'll be an enjoyable time. But you look at where that ended up, and it didn't take long for it to get there. He was disgraced. He was broken. He was ashamed, humiliated. And I want to tell you, that's where sin generally takes you. As we've heard many times in our life, it'll take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. It'll steal your reputation. It'll steal your dignity. And... That's why the cure has to come from within. It has to come from the grace of God. And he is able not just to cleanse us on the outside. He's able to cure us on the inside. That does not mean, I'm not saying that if you get saved, you're never ever going to have a, 
a problem in your life. You're never going to have a sin problem. You're never going to do things. I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you, there is a world of difference in a person making reforms in their life and promising they're going to do better than a person who is born again and has their wanter changed on the inside. He changes us on the inside where we want the things of God. We want to be close to God. We want to be pleasing to God. What God wants matters more than what we want or others want. That's what conversion does. It transforms our life. The leper said, Thou canst cleanse me. You can't just, it's not just that you can help everybody else. You can help me. And I want to tell you, he can help us today. And he can help others. He can bring new life. He wants to do that. This, this, broken, this broken leper came to Jesus in humility and desperation. I don't know. And I, I don't know what you see and what your, what your circle of influence is and the people you know. But I'm telling you, I as, as a 64-year-old man... I can tell you today that I've never seen the degree, the number of broken families, broken lives, shattered dreams that we have in our world today. But the truth is Jesus Christ can change people's life. He can change them from the inside out. If a person wants to be helped, imagine this person coming to Jesus and saying, Again, he didn't just have a little bit of leprosy. It was full-blown leprosy. Covered with leprosy. Imagine him coming to Jesus and say, Look, you know, I've got this leprosy problem. And, you know, I don't, ne- I don't necessarily need the whole thing fixed. Just, you know, make it a little more presentable. If you could just make it where I'm a little more acceptable in society. That's, that's not what he needed. And it's not what he wanted. He wanted a changed life. And Jesus had exactly what he needed. You know, one of the things I pray for, prayed for today, pray for often, is that God will get people to the place that they don't just want a band-aid on their life. They want to change life. Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't just improve our life. He changes our life. And today, if you want to be helped, He's available to help you. I mean, do you want to be helped today? Do you want to be cleansed today? It's a, it's a sad thing to see. I've seen it. You've seen it. Where sin, when it begins to take its toll on people's lives, it takes away their dignity. It steals their reputation. It steals their own view of themselves and what they can be. And if, and if it's not curtailed, it just takes them further and further and further down. But I'm telling you today, when a person gets to where all they want is they just want Jesus to have his way in their life, he can turn their lives upside down or right side up, maybe we should say. That's what Jesus does. And that's what he does today. Thou canst cleanse me. Jesus 
can cleanse you and those that you love today. Maybe you're here today and you want him. You need him. That's what I need. I, I need Jesus Christ. I need that kind of a change, a radical change in my life. Jesus Christ can do that. He wants to do that, but you've got to come to him. You've got to come to him.